Welcome to Be Brave at Work, a podcast devoted to helping you take the next step in your workplace. Each week, we'll be talking with real people with real stories about things they have not said or done or have said or done in their workplace that required bravery. Let's get started. Hi, everyone. This is Ed Everts, and I'm the founder and president of Excellius Leadership Development. I hope you have listened to our past podcast conversations. And if you'd like to hear past episodes, go to BeBraveAtWork.com, subscribe to our podcasts, and learn some valuable lessons about bravery at work. Be on the lookout as well for my new book, Drive Your Career, Nine High-Impact Ways to Take Responsibility for Your Success, which is being published in September of 2020. Today, we will be continuing our conversation with Dave McEwen. Dave is the founder and CEO of Outfield Leadership. He speaks, coaches, and trains on moving individuals and teams from execution to excellence, and is the author of the newly released book, The Self-Evolved Leader. Let's continue our conversation with Dave. What are some ways, Dave, I'm curious, you use the word practice, which is one of my favorite coaching activities. You know, what are some ways that someone could practice saying what needs to be said more effectively? Um, I think that any conversation, um, and it is funny, and I'm sure you have this perspective, you know, we, we refer to leadership as a series of soft skills and soft skills are hard to define and they're hard to practice and they're hard to evaluate against and they're hard to train on. And it, it it's just, and we still call them soft skills. All right. And it's just <laughs> nonsense. Cause you can, it's just, it just makes us all lazy. We're all, we're all just complicit in being lazy. Cause if we say it's hard to do those things, then you know what? We don't have to worry so much, but having a difficult conversation, conversation, whether no matter what level uh, you're having it at, whether it's at a board level or whether it's just giving some negative feedback to somebody on your team um, is such a, is, is you can totally break that down into the steps that you want to go through and begin to practice it all. So I always suggest, recommend to my clients, start with the end in sight. What does success look like for you here? What what what, what does good look like? What, where do you want to get to? And then back that out. So what are the steps that you need to go through in a conversation to get there? Literally jot it down in front of you and then play it through in your head and think, okay, if, I, if this is my opening gamut, if this is my opening statement, what's the pushback that I'm likely to get. Okay, here's the range of responses I'm likely to get. How might that make me feel? Okay, that might make me feel a little nervous, a little on the defensive. How do I overcome that? What's my next um, um, kind of response to that? Build up the conversation and play out a couple of scenarios and, and then play that out in your head a few times uh, and then go go into the to the session or the or the place that you're in and, and run through it. And look, you're not going to get it perfect the first time. You might get halfway through and it might, you know, it might fall apart. Um, but then you go back and you review what worked well and what am I going to do differently next time? Um, we view too often that these leadership interactions actions are it's it's all or nothing like if i don't get exactly what this needs to be in this in this moment i failed so therefore i'm not going to push to go out and push and then come back and learn and evaluate and get better at it well and another arena that people can play in is also practicing with somebody else everybody has a colleague or a friend at work that they could approach and say hey i've got to have a tough conversation with dave tomorrow i'd love to practice it see if i can get it out correctly and get your sense of you know, your reaction and your response to it. Are you open to doing that? And I think mm-hmm. most people would say, you know, absolutely. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. It's a it's a great way to do that. Just play that role play a couple of times, and and maybe even get some feedback on your approach. And and if there are areas that you can improve on, what they think in terms of your delivery, and and just get some 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 good feedback on that. Mm-hmm. 
So when you think about bravery in the workplace, Dave, what words or phrases come to mind? Uh, authenticity, uh, absolutely. Uh, quiet, um, which is funny and probably a little counterintuitive. Um, and then it's probably not a, well, it's a phrase, which is um, the intent to serve a greater purpose. So so bravery for me all comes down to um who are are you serving with that and and why um and again it 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 counters heroism in heroism is usually self-service that's masked um service for the organization whereas bravery is usually being in service of a group or a team or an individual or sometimes the organization in a way that doesn't put you at the center of the story well, I would be selling my listeners short if we didn't go back and have you tell us a little bit more about quiet. How is, you know, what does quiet look like and why do you think of that when you think about bravery? Because I think true bravery comes from within and you can really only uh, understand it when you quiet yourself and listen to the reasons why you want to be brave, uh, what the repercussions are, and then making the decision to do it. And sometimes that happens over a period of time as you're assessing a, a situation. And sometimes it can happen in a split second. But those leaders who are so in tune to the quietness that that is within them, uh, the answers lie there. Whereas heroism is loud, it's braggadocious, it's it's out there and it's in front. Uh, bravery starts from the quietness of within. Oh, I love it. Uh, you know, a lot of phrases come to mind that we keep hearing more and more of in leadership style, words like pausing, reflecting, uh, you know, meditation, you know, these are all quieter type activities that leaders are encouraged to do a little bit more of than they're doing today mm-hmm. to grow their presence in the moment, right? Mm-hmm. Very much so. And I think it all stems down to um, it's two, two aspects. One, deciding who's who are you serving by doing this? And, and too often our old leadership models um, ultimately serve the leader with a kind of masked understanding or, or belief that it serves the organization at some point. Um, I think we're moving more to a place of, okay, who who are you in service to? Well, you're in service to your team, you're in service to your clients, you're in service to the organization, and you're in service to the community that, that you serve. Um, so starting from that premise and then linking to it, this, this notion of being intentional in your actions um, so that you are serving those people that you, that, that you want to serve. Um, I think we're moving from this notion and this understanding that because the world is moving so quickly, it's forced us all to be reactive um, in every way in which we work, including how we lead. And I think we're realizing that that's not the right answer because the move the, the world will move faster than you can ever react. So let's actually say the world's moving fast. Okay, that's fine. Let's be intentional about our actions and ways in which we can be intentional are pausing. They're being more meditative. It's uh, about um, taking the time for reflection like you mentioned, uh, and and then moving forward with um, more conviction as a result of that. In your book, Dave, The Self-Evolved Leader, which, by the way, I forgot to mention, I read and I loved, you have, you're welcome, uh, you list three key elements of self-evolved leadership, vision, pulse, and discipline. And I'm just wondering offhand if you can identify of those three where bravery might 
be the most value or might show itself the most? A, a cop-out answer, but it's probably in all three. Um, <laughs> right. So so vision is all about um, setting a vision with your team about where you're going. And we've got to be brave. The The process that I recommend and that I work with my clients is um, it's, a, it's a collaborative effort. So it doesn't need to be your one vision. In fact, I talk about coming to your team and being a little bit more vulnerable and saying, you know what, in this world that moves so fast, that has so many variables, nobody can be that sure about where we're going. Here's where I think we're going. What do you think? Where would you like to go? Wouldn't it be a great journey to, to come on and so we can be brave in doing that and 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 making our team co-collaborators co-conspirators in creating that vision in terms of pulse um building an implementation pulse is all about giving you and your team the opportunity to proactively um review your horizons of focus without this sort of knee-jerk um, um pull one side to the other so once we've built our vision how do we build a series of annual goals to get there how do we then build a series of 90-day sprints to keep us on track for our annual goals? How do we review that on a weekly and a daily basis? Uh, bravery comes in in um, essentially saying, I, I want to layer on what feels like a degree of overkill to your work um, in order to help you be more successful. Um, so will you join me in building this implementation rhythm and getting us out of the weeds of the day-to-day -day firefighting to actually take a more proactive look? And, and then finally, on the, on the disciplines, I talk about five key leadership disciplines uh, as opposed to skills um, that we need to develop. Um, and, and at the core of so many of them is just this need to be a little bit more brave, be a little bit more vulnerable, essentially saying to your team, this is who I am. I mean, I don't need to turn up and I don't have my my home personality and my work personality. I'm just who I am and I'm here. Um, and I would love for you to just show up and be who you are and be here and be authentic. Yet we need leaders to do that, right? That's not a skill set that most leaders embrace. And I'm not suggesting they're the kind of older school leaders, but I've not really stumbled across a leader who independently has had that high psychological safety perspective with their teams. Mm -hmm. It's it's a tough thing to develop. It takes time. And, um, you know, you notice it in just super simple ways. You know, you come into a meeting with a group and the first 30 seconds to two and a half minutes is usually, you know, catching up. How was the weekend? How's the wife? How's the kids? Did you see the game on Saturday? All of that sort of stuff. And then whoever's facilitating the meeting, you know, they, they cough <clears throat> uh, and then they go, OK, well, thank you all for coming today. <laughs> and it's like, what, what, what just happened to the person that was there just a minute? ago that was just talking like a normal person now you're talking like this corporate professional person and it happens in large organizations and small organizations so just you know it's okay to take yourself and put it into that um uh, work setting or environment you're, you're not being any less professional by being yourself um and i think that when we can build teams who feel like they can talk that way, that's where trust comes in because there are no uh, facades or masks. Uh, that's where we really can be brave because we're giving each other the, the permission to be brave. And, and that's quite frankly where we just get better uh, results because we're more able to have those adult-to-adult -adult conversations that when we have a professional mask, we're not able to have. Well, if we had all the time in the world, we would also be hosting a podcast about trust because that alone <laughs> is a key area of interest for teams and individuals and relationships, et cetera. But in your book also, 
you have a chapter where you talk about symbiotic conversations. And in the past with guests we've had, a lot of the moments of bravery that they've had is saying something to somebody that needed to be said. And they talk through what they did and how they went about it. And I'm just wondering if you could reflect for a little bit on, you know, what is a symbiotic conversation? And if you can relate it to potential opportunities of bravery for people. Uh, sure, happy to. So a symbiotic conversation is is one uh, in which we strive to come to the best outcome for all parties involved. So there's usually at least two individuals uh, and then there's usually one greater entity like the team or the organization. So whether we're having a disagreement or we're give, we're having a performance issue, if there's there's a degree of conflict that needs to be resolved, a symbiotic conversation aims to do that to to serve all of the the parties uh, in, involved, and it really involves uh, holding the space for your team to be able to share what their perspective is in a way that they feel open to where they won't feel judged um, and then to come up with a set of options that really does serve everybody uh, involved sometimes often um, it usually involves somebody having to make a tough choice like okay I'll back down on um, my desire to go in that direction I'll go with the will of the team or okay I understand that my behavior has to shift I will make that decision when you get to that point the key thing is to say to your uh, folks, you have the option to choose what to do next. And I like to tell people, if you're in a situation that um, you're not comfortable with, you really only have two choices. You either change your situation uh, or you decide that it's not worth changing the situation and you'll accept it. Um, there is no third option. Uh, and the third option is often where people say, you know what, I'm not going to change my cir circumstance. I'm not going to change my environment. And you know what, I'm just going to whine and complain about it. Uh, having a symbiotic conversation conversation takes that out of the equation and says, um, we do not get to to, to do that. Um, my good friend, uh, Cy Wakeman, uh, calls it this. Um, you, you either stay in love or you go in peace. Uh, there is no third option. Um, and, and really, that's where we're trying to get to, uh, which is, you know what, if, if, if we're taking a direction that you're not comfortable with in this organization, that's fine. Uh, we will love you and support you and help you go somewhere else if you want to. Or if you want to stay here and get on board, awesome. But you're not going to stay here and derail what we're doing. Uh, so you either stay in love or go in peace. And is learning how to uh, surface and navigate symbiotic relationships is that and conversations is that a skill set that leaders can learn? It, it is a skill set. It goes back to it is it's a very brave way to approach things. Um, mm -hmm. Usually, mm -hmm. we we don't like forcing people to that ultimatum um, because we fear that they'll that we either come off as being too ruthless or that they'll leave and then we'll have to find something. You know, we'll have to replace them, and yeah, that becomes a pain in the neck. Um, it, taking that brave step to say, you know what, this is in the best interest of everybody. You get the choice to decide, and and, and I'll take the consequences internally if you decide that you no longer want to be a part of this. I'll figure out a way through that. Um, that that's a brave stance to take. Um, and once you've kind of resolved to take that mindset shift, then yeah, again, it's something that you can practice in much the same way as we've talked about before. Fantastic. So as we're closing out here, Dave, I'm just wondering if there were any key lessons or observations that you have for our listeners that you would like them to either think about or reflect on uh, as the days unfold. 
Um, happy to. Um, my, my overarching message to leaders today is um, don't wait for your organization to develop you. Take control of that yourself. Define what you want to build as your leadership legacy and then work towards that and be really clear on who you are serving and, and make your actions intentional to, to, to serve that group of people or those individuals as best you can. Well, fantastic. Dave, are there ways that people can get in touch with you if they'd like to talk to you a little bit more about bravery or the work that your organization does? Absolutely. You can find me at outfieldleadership.com. I'm also on Twitter uh, at Dave McEwen and LinkedIn at David McEwen. Look me up there. Happy to um, engage with you, answer any questions that you might have. And where did the name Outfield Leadership come from? Um, funny enough, not anywhere that you would think it would come from. Um, <laughs> the uh, evening before I started the organization, uh, I was at a, a concert and there was a song, a band had, had a song called The Outfield and they were playing it. And um, it resonated with me a lot for a whole bunch of reasons I'll not bore you with. And um, whenever I woke up, um, I sort of just had a light bulb moment. I was like, yeah, I'm going to call it Outfield Leadership. And, um, you know, people have said, does it pertain to baseball? And I'm like, no, not really. But it has sort of evolved in meaning for me. There is this element of, um, you know, the hard work happens in the outfield. You don't necessarily need to be mm-hmm. in the center of it to make all of this happen um and it, you know it's a place to come and learn and grow and develop well fantastic well dave once again thank you so much for joining us today and as a reminder dave has a newly released book the self-evolved leader which i think you can purchase on amazon dave thanks again for joining us and thank you so much for uh having me you are a very gracious host And to our listeners, thank you for joining us this week, and we hope you join us next week as we further explore being brave at work. We also welcome you to subscribe to our podcast at bebraveatwork.com and or download and listen to our podcast on CastBox, Overcast, Apple, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, Google, Spotify, Pandora. We are everywhere. Do you have something to say yet are not saying it? Do you have something to do yet are not doing it? Now is the time to be brave at work. Have a great week.